And so Psalm 145, uh, starting at verse 1. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises, and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall, and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hands and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in the truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Hello and greetings from Goldstone Church. Oh, and as we are worshipping together, greetings from BH and Holy Cross churches as well. In 1963, Muhammad Ali announced to the world... I am the greatest. When he said this, everyone thought he was a young and an arrogant man. But then he went on to win the world heavyweight title. But history shows that other people have also been called great. For example, Alexander the Great. He conquered most of the known world and in just 32 years. And in the 1870s, P.T. Barnum promoted his circus as the greatest show on earth. You may have seen the film The Greatest Showman that tells, well, a Hollywood version of Barnum's life. More recently, there's Roger Federer, the tennis player, 
whom many people now call the GOAT, G-O-A-T, which stands for Greatest of All Time. But the problem with all these great titles is that they are human honours. The greatest only applies to someone who is an expert in a specific activity, and they are only great during their lifetime. Psalm 145 is the last of a group of eight psalms that say that they were written by King David. These are psalms that express different types of prayer that we can say today. But Psalm 145 is different to the other seven psalms in this group because it says it is a psalm of praise. In other words, this is an exciting and an energetic prayer of praise. And the person who is being praised in this psalm is far greater than anyone who has been called great. This is Almighty God, the one that David calls God the King. One of the interesting characteristics of Psalm 145 is that it is the last of eight acrostic psalms. Psalm 9 and 10, 25, 34, 37, 111, 112, 119 and 145. In these psalms, each verse of the psalm begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Effectively then, Psalm 145 is the A to Z of praise to Almighty God. So let's look more closely at this magnificent hymn, and specifically, let us identify key reasons why we should praise God in our daily lives. But first, Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you that we can meet in your name today. And although we are not physically together, thank you that you are still here with us. Speak to us now through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, why should we praise God in our daily lives? Well, firstly, we should praise God because he is so mighty. Verse 3 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Even though great is mentioned twice in this one verse, our English language misses some of the Hebrew meaning. David is saying that God is vast. He is loud. He is of the greatest importance. In today's vocabulary, we might say a supersized God. The psalmist gives us two reasons why God is mighty. Firstly, God himself is great. Verse 1. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Even though David was the most powerful king at that time, David did not hesitate 
to acknowledge God as his king. The Hebrew word translated exalt means to lift God up, which means that David is bowing down in reverence before God. But also notice the I and the my in this verse. It's personal. We cannot praise God unless he is our God. This was the case in my life. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were both Christians. I went to church every Sunday. I tried to be a good boy and I thought I was going to heaven, mainly because I knew my parents were certain of everlasting life. But deep down, I knew that Jesus was not real to me. But when I invited Jesus into my life, he became real and personal and loving. We cannot praise God unless he is our personal God. The second reason is God's works are great. Verse 4. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. God's mighty acts must include the work of creation. Look into the clear night sky and we get a glimpse of God's creativity. The universe, the planets and life on earth, they all sing out their praises to their creator. But God's mighty acts also includes his provision of a saviour. God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world. He lived a perfect life on earth, yet he freely gave up his life on the cross. Why? To pay the penalty that our wrongdoings deserve. Jesus did all this because he loves us unconditionally. King David praised God because he is mighty. God himself is great and God's works are great. As Christians today, because God has revealed to us that he is so mighty, then in response we should join in and praise him in our daily lives. Let's keep going. Praise God because he is so mighty. And secondly, praise God because he is so merciful. Verse 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. The literal translation is... The Lord is gracious and merciful. These verses echo what God said to Moses in Exodus 34 verse 6. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Just so we're clear, grace is God loving us unconditionally, even though we don't deserve his love. And mercy 
is God holding back from punishing us, even though we deserve to be punished for our sins. There's a story of a lady who had her picture taken by a photographer. When she saw the pictures, she said, This isn't right. You have done me no justice. Miss, said the photographer, you don't need justice. What you need is mercy. Many people today have a mental picture of God, of someone with a big stick who is itching to judge us and to punish us for any little mistake. But the picture of God in Psalm 145 is completely different. God is merciful, and he has proved this mercy by sending his only son Jesus to pay the full penalty for our sins on the cross. As Christians today, because God has revealed to us his mercy, then in response we should join in and praise him in our daily lives. Praise God because he is so mighty, so merciful, and praise God because he is so majestic. Verses 10 to 13 are full of references to God's kingdom. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. Just to be clear, the word translated kingdom is not referring to a location. Instead, this is the royal power that is being seen and exercised within the kingdom of God. The majesty and the sovereignty of God is a regular theme in other psalms. For example, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Psalm 103 verse 19. And our God is in heaven. He does what pleases him. Psalm 115 verse 3. It is said that when Handel's Messiah was premiered in London in 1743, King George II was in the audience. When it came to the Hallelujah Chorus, the choir sang, For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. When the people heard the, the majesty of God being declared, everyone was so moved that they stood up, including King George II. As Christians today, we worship the undisputed sovereign of the universe. And because God has revealed to us his majestic power and authority, in response, we should join in and Praise him in our daily lives. Praise God because he is so mighty, so merciful, so majestic. And praise God because he is so mindful. Verses 14 to 20 
overflow with descriptions of how God is attentive and considerate to all of his creation. For example, verses 15 and 16 say, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Jesus said something similar in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. He said, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Our heavenly Father hears the cries of his people and he is attentive and he is mindful of our concerns. According to the Mental Health England website, in 2013 there were 8.2 million cases of anxiety in the UK. That's roughly 13% of the population and I'm sure that that figure has been increasing especially in the last few weeks. So these words in Psalm 145 are a timely message for all of us today. With all the worry and anxiety that is affecting our country today, Almighty God declares that he is attentive to our needs and he will care for his children. This is God's promise and he always keeps his promises. As Christians today, because God has revealed that he is mindful of us, then in response, we should join in and praise him in our daily lives. Praise God because he is so mighty, so merciful, so majestic, so mindful. And lastly, praise God because he is so measureless. Verse 21, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Years ago, when I was a teenager, my Sunday school teacher said to us, take notice of what God says in the Bible, but take extra notice when God says the same thing more than once. It was good advice. A repeated word or phrase in the Bible is often a clue that God wants us to underline a particular truth. And perhaps this is the case in Psalm 145, verse 21, which ends with a repetition of the word ever. David declares that he will praise God for an immeasurably long time, even though the first ever has no end, he adds another ever to remove any possible suggestion that the praise could stop. This is never-ending praise because God himself is never-ending. Significantly, praising God forever and ever also appears in verse 1, almost like bookends. I will extol you, my God, the King. I will praise your name for ever and ever. 
Effectively, this is a visual clue that this is a psalm of praise that will never end. It is the A to Z of praise to Almighty God, who is himself the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is echoed in the last chapter of the Bible. God declares in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So, as Christians today, because God has revealed to us that he is measureless in response, we should join in and praise him in our daily lives. Praise God because he is so mighty, so merciful, so majestic, so mindful and so measureless. It is said that even though he had a full day of appointments, President Abraham Lincoln agreed to see an elderly woman who had indicated that she really didn't have any official business. As she entered Lincoln's office, he asked how he could help her. The lady replied that she had not come to ask for a favour. She had heard that the president liked a, a certain type of biscuit, so she had baked some biscuits for him and had brought them to his office. With tears in his eyes, Lincoln responded, You are the first person who has ever come into my office not asking for anything, not expecting anything, but just to bring me a gift. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. My point is this. When we pray, instead of coming to Almighty God with our requests, perhaps it is time to come with a gift. The gift of a psalm of praise. Let us praise God because he is mighty, a God of greatness and great works. Let us praise God because he is merciful, a God of grace and compassion. Let us praise God because he is majestic, a God of power and authority. Let us praise God because he is mindful, a God who is attentive to our needs. And let us praise God because he is measureless, a God who is forever and ever. As Christians, as God's chosen people and dearly loved by God, the challenge to us is actually straightforward. Will we lift up our hearts afresh and declare our praises to God, my great King? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for your word to us from Psalm 145. Thank you that you are even more than we can describe and understand and fathom. Help us, O Lord, to speak out our praises to you, the maker and sustainer of the universe and our wonderful Saviour. Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to live our lives wholeheartedly for you, so that the world will see you 
living in us and working through us. And we will give you all the honour and glory and praise forever and ever. In Jesus' name, Amen.